let's start by looking at in the context of uh, performance. Where exactly you start? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Simply PHP Unscripted Podcast. I am not your host, but I'm substituting for today uh, with Raf and Tony gone. We are here with the amazing Jason, who I'll be introducing you very soon. And today on this episode, we will be sharing and discussing the best practices to optimize your e-commerce websites in 2021. Now, a lot has happened over the course of, I mean, a year, a year and a half now. So we want to do this episode to help you guys make sure you are scaling your online business and making sure you're applying all the best practices when it comes to web development. Now, I'm not going to be one sharing these tips with you. It's going to be our lead developer, our Magento dev, Jason, my main man. How are you doing, brother? I'm very good. Thanks for the, uh, the introduction. Uh, some of you may know me from exciting podcasts such as Shopify versus Magento, released about a year and a half ago. This is a really interesting question, Shopify versus Magento. It comes up so often. Someone's like, oh, what's better, Shopify or Magento? I, this was pre-pandemic, so I was, you know, maybe 10 pounds thinner, so i.e. a lot better looking. Um, but you're still pretty handsome. This, is, this, pretty this handsome. is this is the package you're going to have to tolerate now. So uh, sorry, viewers. <laughs> Jason, what I want to talk to you about, what I want to get into with you is not only about web development, but some of the best practices, right? And focusing on what's going on with the market, right? A lot of things are changing. Businesses have gone under. Businesses have improved and scaled. How can we help these entrepreneurs who may not know much about web development? They could be a startup. They could be a mid-sized company, even large organizations. Where should we start? Like, where do business owners start this kind of process of optimizing their e-commerce website? Yeah, well... One of the interesting things that happened over sort of because of COVID is you, you had a lot of e-commerce. So you had a lot of e-commerce companies that saw a sudden spike in traffic. Okay. Cause usually let's say as you're growing, it's more sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a calculated growth, you know, it's, and then you can kind of see, oh, your systems are lagging behind. You kind of maybe got time to, you know, reach out and upgrade your systems and, you know, add new, new features to it to make it faster. But what really put some business owners behind the ball is the ones that had e-commerce websites that were out of date and didn't follow mo certain modern practices, they were not able to scale up and that affected their businesses quite significantly. So uh, the crux of your question is where do they start? Well, you got to evaluate it from the platform they're on. So uh, obviously this is going to apply to people that have it's So this is going to apply to people that um, own their code and, and, and their infrastructure, they can make uh, changes to it. So something like Shopify is completely proprietary. You won't be able to, this This will be meaningless for you. And Shopify mm -hmm. takes care of it for you. They do it very well. Um, you know, Talk to them if you need a speed increase, I'm sure. So would this be more for someone in a larger scale organization, mid-size, like who, I guess, who are we giving this advice to? Well, we're targeting people that let's say are on the Magento platform, something that we develop on, Cilius, uh, any sort of platform where the infrastructure design and architecture is in their control. Okay. Okay. So if, if you heard that right, so if you're on Shopify, you're a smaller business, 
probably this won't be the episode for you. I mean, listen to it because it will give you some good tips for. When I mean, go to go to Magento, but it's, it's Kyler and Jason. <laughs> I mean, just who wouldn't want to watch that? Awesome. So let's get back to it. So we know that they're on. Uh, you said Magento. What was the other platform that they could be Silius, on? But you can use yeah. a, a number of examples. You could be on WooCommerce, for instance, which is sort of the WordPress, uh, you know, extension for uh, e-commerce. Uh, any sort of system that you have that you control the infrastructure. There are some practices that you should be following so you can handle increase in loads. And so let's get back to the starting conversation. Now we know who we're speaking to. Um, if they're listening right now or watching right now, their their ears are perked up because that's what the platform they're using. Where do they start? Do, do they go to their dev team? What do they say? What where can we? How, how can we help guide them? Yeah, and, and the first thing you want to do is, is separate because that's a bit broad. The term web optimization. So, are we talking about strictly performance? Or are we also talking about SEO, which means getting your site out there, you know, visible to more people? Uh, fundamentally, they all come from that, that same sort of tree and they branch out. So let let's start by looking at in the context of uh, performance, where exactly you start. What you kind of need, what is important is that you have a framework for understanding uh, sort of, you know, what are, and what are the modern tools that I need to be successful in this industry and scale. So I, I've outlined just a few sort of, these are, in my opinion, things that every e-commerce website that, you know, you control the infrastructure should have. Mm -hmm. Obviously, caching systems is one of the things. So, uh, and I'll get to that. But one thing that you should have is, I mean, most people are on AWS now. You could do this obviously not on AWS as well. Uh, it doesn't matter. But you should have some sort of auto-scaling mechanism. What I mean by that is that your code, basically in layman's term, your code is on a server. Let's call it a container. Now, when people want to talk to that container and get the latest information from it, you know, if you have one, you can see how this is not very scalable. It's going to be overloaded. Now, if you can duplicate this container... Um, it, could be, it could have twins and you could duplicate it and place it throughout multiple parts in the world so people can access it faster. You've now scaled your website. So mm. what there's, there's vertical auto-scaling and horizontal auto-scaling. The, the, the scaling that this is more referring to with the distribution of it from is the horizontal auto-scaling. Vertical scaling is with the, um, the actual stack of the server. Okay. Um, the, so what you're looking for is horizontal auto-scaling. So if you are listening to this and you own a website and you're unsure, something you might want to ask your devs is, hey, can we look into, do we have an auto-scaling mechanism uh, mm. in place? This is uh, one of the principal ways of handling a huge load spike. And this is also important for co even clients that are very um, spike-oriented. So maybe you're very seasonal, maybe your site um, you know, if it doesn't have much travel, it has a decent amount of traffic, but it really gets hit hard around the Christmas time. Can you handle the Christmas load? You know, and this Christmas load is probably what makes or break your breaks your business. Um, mm. So, so this is to do with performance on the website. Yeah, th right? this, this, That's this, what this is a performance issue. Yeah, this okay. is a performance issue. So, there's auto auto scaling. That's one of the big ones. Okay. One of the tenets of, of sort of what I would say modern websites in general. And this is, goes even beyond auto, uh, beyond, sorry, e-commerce. The next one you're going to want is a non-file system cache. The reason why is because you can't really scale file system caches. So you, as a business owner, you might want to ask your devs, hey, do we have a global caching system such as Redis or, uh, in our application? Mm -hmm. And obviously caching, I mean, 
everyone know kind of knows what caching is it is extremely important especially under load i mean if you turn off caching sites literally can't function because you know it just takes a few users to throw them in flux mm. um so very important that you have a non-file system cache because you can scale that as well um so without that what like do you see that's a common issue with some of the clients that you have that they neglect it, it, it tends to be binary and what I mean by that is we have certain uh, clients that, you know, they haven't invested much maybe in their infrastructure or their, uh, their IT. It's out of date. And, you know, they'll have some single server and just so what they don't need, like so far off it. Generally speaking, clients that have like auto scaling, they're going to have a, a, you know, a, a, a global caching system in place as well. So it's very binary. Do you have all these things or do you not? It's very rare you'll go to a site. Oh, they have, uh, you know, all these fancy caches hooked up and they, they don't have like auto scaling as well. It's like, well, what are you doing? Because um, usually if you have that level of competency to set that up, you have the other. Uh, so it's a bit binary. So if you are concerned that you don't have any of these, then, you know, definitely look at the tenants. You need, uh, like I said, auto scaling, non-file system cache. And mm. then the third sort of tenant that I was saying, oh, there's a fourth one too, which is the CloudFront, which is how you distribute assets, but that's a bit less important for now. Mm -hmm. uh, the third one is using an HTTP accelerator such as Varnish. Varnish is another layer of caching. So caching is all over. Uh, I mean, even your, your PHP internally caches uh, certain things called OP cache. Um, Varnish is very important for handling uh, high loads. Uh, mm. So that basically looks at your HTTP request and it sees before it even hits your, your, your servers, hey, can I, do I have this you know, uh, page and it, you know, sends back the page and you can get fancy with varnish. You can, mm -hmm. you can change it around a little and, you know, it's good for parsing out certain things that come in your headers as well. But a as a business owner, you just need to know, Hey, do I have varnish, which significantly accelerates uh, websites? If you're in e-com and you, you got a decent amount of traffic in 2021, uh, varnishes, uh, the gold standard um so definitely ask your devs if you if you mm -hmm. have that installed i like that because obviously with everything being online if you if your site's not performing well if it's not fast if it doesn't react if it's uh crashing these are things that upset your customer and make sure that they don't come back yeah right so. I, I mean i mean listen just everyone knows from personal experience, the slower the website, obviously, you know, the more frustrating it is. And there, there's analytics behind it. Uh, there's plenty of research that's released every year that suggests, oh, you know, if your site is this much percent slower than the average, you're losing this much percent percentage of revenue. And it, and it snowballs as well because it sort of leads into the other uh, sort of thing that we would talk about, which is another optimization, which is SEO. Now, SEO, if you were to ask me a few years ago, it was all about meta titles and meta information, albeit that still holds true. That's very important. Um, what Google does that, you know, is slowly gaining up in the rankings is is uh, page speed. So Google's going to record your page speed. You know, their crawlers are going to look at your page speed hmm. and they're going to rank websites that have higher page speeds further. So, so your, your Google your, ranking, they look at your page speed. Yeah, that's part of their algorithm. Yeah. Really? Wow. So I didn't know this that. This is like, so one, it's a bad customer experience and that snowballs with, oh, you might be lower in sort of the, 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 the Google page speed ranking. So you can see how that's um, an exponential effect almost so sort of a double whammy. Um, so if someone's, you know, we're also in an era, this is my realm and we're in an era of creating a lot of content, which will obviously 
put a lot of pressure on the site to perform, right? So will these tips help with like, like, because we make content here at Simply PHP uh, on top of SEO, right? And our site's pretty fast, right? So are we implementing this on our site, on client site? Like when you're adding more and more content every week, like we are to our site, articles, videos, podcasts, you name it, would this pra- would these practices still help? Yeah, I mean, these practices will help your your, your page speed time um, for sure. I mean, but again, we got to put things in context because we can have a very fancy website, but it's not like we're an e-commerce site where you're going to have thousands of people every day. So even us, simply PHP, even though we have you know the technical know-how to set up these things it might be overkill and just dumb to put some of these okay. things on our website I see, uh, you I know see. do we need varnish on uh you know and uh, you know we're not an e-commerce business yeah, yeah, yeah. So. are we getting ten thousand views uh, a day you know uh <laughs> that i'd like our, to be there our owners would like to think so uh <laughs> I, i'm skeptical because uh, we're not amazon.com uh yeah no, i know i know what you mean so th- that's a fair point for someone with the the customer base that's coming to their site, purchasing whatever product you have, you know, these are the things you're gonna be looking for. If you're looking to get to that state, this is something that you should be practicing, talking with your dev team, hiring someone like Simply PHP to consult or help implement that is an important step. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, the, and the, you know this, uh, there's things implicit to this, like you, the code quality of your actual application also affects performance significantly. Um, you know, you there's no two ways around that. That's just you got to write good code. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to have developers that know what they're doing, and you know the platforms that you use. You know, make sure they're good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So we're talking about SEO, right? And I was asking a question about content. Let's get back on track to what you're saying about the page speeds and the SEO, and that's actually included in the algorithm of Google. I didn't know that. That if your page is slow, they're gonna not rank you as high in Google. Like that's. That's huge. Yeah, it's part of their calculation. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Like you talked about meta information, you know, um, you talked about page speeds. Is there anything else included kind of with the SEO purpose of this? Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily per se that the crawler this will affect, but like I said, good quality images uh, matter. Make sure also when you're putting your images in, preferably they're sized correctly. Um, when, when you put them in, it's going to be you know less for mm-hmm. the storage and less in post-processing for the images. Um, so definitely make sure you have good quality images. Uh, a lot of clients, little tip out there, tra- if you're a company and your own images, trademark them. Uh, I've seen a lot of theft of uh, imagery. Mm. Um, that's definitely a, a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just make sure you have your your, your categories um, sort of indexed in a way that the crawler have a site map, for instance. So when a crawler comes in, it knows to look for your site map, and um, that's sort of um, a treasure map of your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is quite important as well. Mm-hmm. And you can look certain things up too. Like there's uh, certain ways you can present some of this information that Google likes. You know, mm. Google a sort of a Google structure that they like. Um, you know, and you can those those are things you can look up and you'll find a thousand articles on. Okay. But as long as you know in, in concept that those things exist is I think is important. Now, how does everything you just talked about affect mobile viewing? Because that is something that's on the rise, right? It's been on the rise for a long time. Since COVID, it's been on the rise even more. I don't know the percentages. I might write it in the description of this uh, the notes of the podcast when we go back and find it. But it's high. 
Does any of this affect that? Do we have to think about a mobile strategy when it comes to these practices? Like any ideas? Well, for, for SEO, no. Because when you set up your SEO, whether you're on desktop or mobile, it should be independent. It's really what matters between mobile and desktop is the look of your website. So uh, every e-commerce website in 2021 has to work on mobile and desktop. There's, there's, no, there's no ifs and buts about that. Most of the transactions on e-commerce are done through mobile. Uh, Obviously, there's sort of a, a rise of PWA, which is which is you know basically a, a mode of thinking almost in, the, in certain frameworks built around it that suggests that you know your your website when you create it, uh, it's going to look like an application on uh, uh, on the phone. Um, this is very um, hmm. this is this is becoming uh, very trendy trendy as well. Okay. But yeah, definitely your site has to be responsive. It has to work on mobile and on desktop. There's there's no two ways around about. And that. then the auto scaling, the you know the non cache, the non file system cache, varnish. Those all like work on mobile, no problem. Yeah, no. yeah, that's totally independent on what what the user agent is you know coming from. Okay, so we talked about auto scaling. We talked about SEO. What's the next thing? What's the next step for a business owner to look at their website and says, okay, I need to improve it uh, for their busy season or for the next six months? You know, where the day that we're recording this, we're at the end of June, we're going into the next six months of 2021. So what can they, what else can they do? I mean, listen, you, you can Google a million things for, oh, optimize my page speed. Oh, put my JavaScript in a bundle. Oh, merge it. Yeah, I mean, those are things that, you know, anyone can, can figure out on their own. Um, I think the next sort of question for a business owner is, is maybe more philosophical, you know, in, in that sense is, are you on the right platform or, uh, you know, mm. do you need to, like, do you need to really significantly change your infrastructure, stuff like that. So these are things that you, you know, it's part of your infrastructure, but you really got to evaluate where you're at, you know, sort of where I'm getting at is again, the, the, um, you know, you do it yourself infrastructure, you know, uh, or or versus SaaS products that that you can't escape that conversation when ta- when doing a topic like this. Um, a lot of business owners need to evaluate: Am I? Is it even worth it for me to be managing all this myself, mm-hmm. or should I consider a platform such as Shopify or Big Commerce, which they control all this? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a question that could lead to a whole other discussion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, but it's it's important because you're looking at the root of how to optimize a site, you know, like there's only certain things you can do on a platform, right? So knowing like, am I, is this the platform for me to grow? Like, have I exhausted all the things that I can on this platform or on my open source, right? What kind of questions would someone ask themselves to make, to help make that decision? Let's, let's help them. Let's guide them through this process if I'm the business owner and I'm evaluating my site and my infrastructure, like how do I do that? Well, you got to ask how much is it costing you to maintain it yourself? You know, are you paying a bunch of devs, blah, blah, blah. Then the question is, can my business requirements be met in a SaaS product? So software as a service. So a product that already exists out there mm-hmm. and I just need to sort of log in and manage the admin and, you know, it's already built out for me. You know, and if you've come to that decision, then you know your, your sort of business rules and practices can be captured by something like Shopify. That's when you start to give it consideration because that can then now save you a lot of money 
and you can still scale with these products as well as long as your business requirements don't fundamentally change mm -hmm. that you you need something extra so it's really the ease of use versus the flexibility you know if you mm. really think that the ease of use and you're you're never going to need certain additional flexibility that these products don't offer you know then then you're definitely a candidate for SaaS. and then that this makes this whole conversation that we just said you know kind of redundant for you because you won't have anxiety on this because you know those those products will set, set everything up for you, mm -hmm. you know, in the way that they think is best possible mm -hmm. so then how does that help like so if i'm evaluating this you know the infrastructure right and yeah it's causing me a lot of stress it's keeping me up at night you know uh, doing it all myself uh magento right i mean you you can you could do it yourself, right? I mean, with the help of a developer, but from an admin side, if I'm correct, uh, you could do a lot on your own. Or not yeah, really. so <laughs> Magento in specific. So yeah, Magento has uh, basically two products: uh, open source, which is basically anyone could download it um, and set it up. You will need a developer to help you to, to do this. Uh, one a Magento developer in particular uh, mm -hmm. to help you set it up. There is the commerce package where you get sort of bonus features and additional basic commerce features uh, and you get some alleged support from the Magento, uh, core team. Um, and you can, uh, and then you could either go with their cloud option where they host it for you mm. uh, on their sort of infrastructure that they've built out you can adjust some things and you could work with them to change some things but like a good crux of it is already built for you or you can take just the commerce features and you know its core code and you build up your own infrastructure um mm. yeah you can go either way okay so but magento is not a really a SaaS product uh, okay they're trying to move a bit in that direction um but uh they're not there yet mm. you'll definitely need for because even your <laughs> You'll be on Magento because you want sort of flexibility to add customizations. Um, and if you're doing customizations to the, the code, your, your own modules, your own sort of unique features, that's not, that's even though the, the core team can host on the cloud for you, they're not going to help you with that. that you mm -hmm. need to find a Magento dev proper to, um, mm -hmm. to build those out. Now, I don't want to make this a Shopify versus Magento conversation, but you brought up the infrastructure, right? And someone who's not a dev who's, you know, I'm the business owner in this role play, um, who's evaluating, you know, what platform I should use. You know, earlier we were saying like, the, you know, there's limitations to your Shopify. If I'm getting a certain amount of traffic, if I wanted to implement some of the tips that you said, Magento or I forget the, the third one might be a better uh, fit, right? So walk me through a little bit around and you kind of alluded to it before but i want to get into this conversation right now because it is around optimizing your site right which platform should i really consider like is there a checklist you have in mind or some type of I'm trying to think of like a way to help the people listening or watching this right now know which infrastructure they should choose. Yes, the checklist is watch the Shopify versus Vision <laughs> video. No, and all honesty, that like again, that could branch off into a conversation itself. It's really about evaluating your business needs, where you think they're going to be in the future, and can these sort of already sort of we'll call them SaaS pre-built products basically can they fulfill that if they can that's honestly a cheaper option and, and for business stability um mm -hmm. you know possibly the way to go because when you're paying devs to manage your infrastructure and build out your infrastructure you know one it's more expensive and you know riskier too you know shopify is a you know company that has 
thousands of people working on their product to make sure that it's it's stable. You, your own devs, what if what if one of them quits? What if the, one of them goes away? Um, what if one of them gets sick or just you know, there's there's more unknowns that can occur, uh, mm. basically. Mm. But yeah, that's a that's a conversation in in in, in <laughs> itself. But uh, another it, podcast. It, it really just boils down to that. It's about you know business requirement evaluation. Um, the other, there's many things to consider. Like on Magento, you own your code. You know, Shopify can take you off for whatever reason. Uh, let's say if you're selling something and they view immoral or they don't want on their platform, they can take you off, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Uh, to me, that that's a big conversation in optimizing your site because you said it. Like the infrastructure you have is a big, like it, it's what you use to, to sell your products. To it runs your business, right? So making sure you're on the right platform to me is like the biggest kind of question I think business owners should take away with. Um, and then once they understand that, then they can apply some of these strategies that you're talking about auto scaling, the non-file system cache, yeah. varnish, yeah. SEO optimization, you know, search engine optimization, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly it. I mean, listen, you're going to have to do some SEO. For SEO, you're going to have to kind of do that on Shopify as well. You know, you got to fill out meta information yourself, uh, for instance. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're definitely at the crux of it. Uh, okay, nice. Is there anything else that we might have missed for optimizing the site? Anything I mean, that uh, I haven't touched on? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, when I say non-file system cache, it should be evident that, you know, caching in general needs to be present on your website. Uh, wherever possible. Uh, now, when you're built, now you can go into more details. You know, or, you know, when you set up your caching, like how how does it deal? Like, and but this is not the point of the conversation. I could say, oh yes, well, when Redis is full, should it do LFU or LRU? You know, uh, or least frequently used versus last um, used um, object that is stored in the um, persistent storage. You know, that's not that's not appropriate for this conversation. It's about do you have the fundamentals, meaning. Mm-hmm. Do I have the global caching system there? Do I have the auto scaling uh, potentially there? Do I have the HTTP accelerator and varnish there? Um, things to mention that you know a cloud front to deliver your your assets um, you know quicker. Uh, your database is it an? I mean, most people are going to be on Amazon. You know, is it an RDS database that can you know scale? Do you have read replicas in there? Uh, so let's say if you have a BI team and they're doing sort of operations on that, they're not, you know, putting latency on the, the right, the database that you actually write data to. Uh, there's there's considerations like that as well. Those are all things that, you know, you will have to look into and consider. Okay. Awesome. And hopefully this gives you an idea of where to start. <laughs> I think so. I think this has been a good, quick little conversation. You, have de- you definitely educated me on how to optimize a site. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, is there anything else you want to touch on? Um, I mean, listen, yeah, because this infrastructure that gets built, if you you can go now and, you know, you can get a dev on one of these latest trendy sites, Fiverr.com or something. You, certainly that would be cheaper than hiring an agency. But at an agency, you have the competency to do both, build the application code and also build the infrastructure environment as well. That's very important as well. This is something that, and this requires experience, you know, because there's always issues you run into, and a lot of these issues are, you know, you solve them as a function of experience often. Um, you know, so this is a sort of, maybe this could also be, what, why would you do an agency over, you know, the cheaper alternative of just hiring a single dev mm-hmm. uh, that you have as a, as a contractor? You know, this is definitely... Um, 
definitely one of the big reasons why it's because of the the, the 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 entire skill set that you get mm-hmm. awesome that's gonna be a whole nother podcast in itself yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before we dive deep into that but that's a good honestly for for a future podcast like we've we've talked about that before but really diving deep into that topic i think would be important because it, it's very controversial what we should do right people say go to fiverr people say hire an agency you know it's hard to know which is best right but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode is a nice quick one with jason my main man thank you so much for coming on um it was really it's it's different eh? it's nice to have uh, like us on the show you know, I don't know where Tony and Rafa are, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what are some what are some certain parting words? Um, you know, <laughs> Chelsea is champions of Europe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Only London come to do it. Sorry, Arsenal fans. Sorry, Tottenham fans. Um, yeah, hey, go awesome. Habs. <laughs> go, yeah, I was just about to say that. Go Habs. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching. Again, please feel free to send us your questions, comment your questions, your concerns, whatever. If you like this structure, if you like the shorter form pieces of podcast content, let us know because it would really help me. I don't know about you, but it would really help me. So without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening and for watching. We are signing off. Take care.